1: friday welcome into fantasy sports today right here on sports grid craig miss joe ranieri you can see the smiles on our faces why are we smiling it's the month of may mm-hmm. we are in a new month we, we are feeling good we are looking well i mean i'm not looking great here i gotta get a haircut but joe is looking good and we are ready to put april in the rearview mirror get a new month started get sports back get sports betting back get maybe some fantasy back as well i am optimistic it is time to just forget about everything that's happened in april with the exception of one important thing and that is of course the first responders and the people who have really come to the aid of people in need and of course the people that have passed away uh due to this pandemic aside from that joe uh sports has been an absolute nightmare. I'm ready to go. I don't care what it is. Just bring it to me, get it to me, and we'll talk about it on this show. That's the way I'm feeling on this May 1st.
2: I love it, man. I Listen, I agree with you 100% across the board. It is a new month. It is a new dawn. It is a new day. And uh, we've got a lot to be excited about as we uh, continue to inch back to uh, normalcy to say the least a lot got to happen over this is an important 30 days for every uh every it sports fans. it really really is at this point
1: it is and uh and, and certainly we got a lot to get to here on the show but we got to start off with the sport that looks like it's coming back first to so no surprise Joe NASCAR is going to race a lot in the months of May and June and their first May uh, first race is coming up on May 17th now uh, look I'm not a NASCAR expert. I'm not a racing expert. But I got to tell you, this excites me a little bit. And listen, all we're talking about here that we've had, if this is the third thing, is WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. the NFL draft, and now potentially NASCAR in two weeks. I probably put NASCAR ahead of WrestleMania and behind the NFL draft, but it's a solid two for me. I think on the 17th we'll do some previewing, we'll do some talking about it. Why not? I applaud them for doing it. No fans will be in the stands. You really don't have yep. to, particularly for this sport. They'll exercise caution and, uh, you know, let's let's let the checker flag go. Let's have some races here.
2: Uh, start your engines, people. Here we go. And uh, we kind of had a feeling that we were going to get one of two things. We were going to get NASCAR, golf, USC, kind of those sports and and listen horse racing one of the biggest horse racing days of the year is coming up uh on Saturday tomorrow so uh we've it's slowly but surely working its way back as those sports that are a little bit more conducive to fan less fan interaction to begin with kind of separated yeah let's go bring it back and then uh we will wait for our you know the big sports the the major league baseballs of the world the NHL hockey's the arena filled with 50,000 screaming fans kind of folks we'll just we'll wait and see how that turns out but in the meantime we certainly have something to be excited about
1: have you ever been to a nascar race
2: i went to one it was the um i didn't see any of the race i uh saw nothing but jack daniels i think and there was a lot of drinking (laughs) and that i I, was uh, was down in homestead yeah i was like yeah we Yeah, we really wanted to. It was about the the tailgating prior and then the party after, and I couldn't even tell you who was in the race.
1: Yeah, there there's things that, like, over the course of, of my media life, and I still consider myself a member of the media, but I don't cover nearly as many events as I used to, and mm-hmm. I felt it was important to try everything. I was very right. big in that. I, I was always – the one thing that, that people could say about me when it's all said and done in terms of media is I was – I was sort of always looking at the future and wondering, hey, how long am I going to be able to do this for? I know a lot of people in the media take it for granted. I will say that that's one thing that I never have. I always understand when there's an opportunity in front of me to do something to take advantage of it. So my only NASCAR experience, now I went down to Homestead a couple of different times to cover it. We had a partnership, the old TV show that I was working on, and so they had a a car in the race. So essentially I was there many times. Uh, But... The best experience that I had was going down to Homestead, Miami Speedway, going with another reporter who was a female at the time okay. and uh, interviewing Dale Earnhardt Jr. He was very cool. Did other interviews. He also gave us passes to his party, which was on South Beach. I mean, we're going back a long way here. And and he was there. Hulk Hogan was there. Wow. And well, now Hulk Hogan, you know, is off the rails. A lot of different stuff has happened to him. But got a chance to meet him, got a wow. chance to meet Jeff Gordon. I interviewed Jimmy, I mean, interviewing a meeting, Jimmy Johnson, mm-hmm. and all of what we would call probably the golden era of NASCAR. Now, those guys are still around to a degree, you know, Mark sure. Martin was there, help, uh, but that was my my main experience during that great era of all of those, of all of those NASCAR races. Yeah. So Joe, I mean, I will be all over NASCAR and I'll be all over all of these sports. I think we should be previewing all of these. It's funny that somebody asked me the other day and people have asked me because I've done fantasy baseball for so long and covered baseball for so long. What am I doing? Am I still doing it for two hours with you every single day? Are we covering the teams? Are we covering the players? And the way that the dynamic has changed, especially here at SportsGrid specifically, is I look at it a little bit different than I did maybe five or six years ago. Five or six years ago, I probably still would be talking baseball and still previewing fantasy baseball. We'd be in our like fifth month of doing it and I'd be banging my head against the wall, but I would be. And I suppose, look, if that's your job and people are paying you specifically to just talk about that you have to do it, I understand it. But the element that has changed so much about what we do, not just here at Sports Grid, but with other people around the country who are YouTubers, and I consider kind of myself a YouTuber, even though we're on a lot of the live uh, platforms, is that what I'm trying to do is create content that you can go back, whether it's a day, a week, or even a month, and potentially still be able to watch the show. Now, look, I get it. There's a lot of elements in sports that are gonna be old. And within a day or two, you go back and you watch something and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, like that's just so old. I'm not interested in watching at that point. But that's essentially what you're doing if you're, if you're devoting all of this time to a fantasy baseball discussion or a fantasy baseball league where you literally have no idea where the teams are going to play. Are right. they going to use a DH? Are they not going to use a DH? How big are the rosters are going to be? What is the schedule going to be? How many games are there going to be? How many players are going to be on a taxi squad they're talking about even having on a real baseball team now? And so it would just be creating so much irrelevant conversation that I don't think anybody would go back on demand in two weeks when we know what the deal is and say, oh, I wonder what Craig had to say when he had no clue about the fantasy baseball season and was just throwing darts, trying to take a guess." I'm not going to do that. Right. So in two weeks, when I know (laughs) I'll jump all back in and I'll do as many drafts as everybody wants me to do. I'll do as much content on baseball that people want to do. Yep. But it, but really, in, in two weeks from now, we find out it's an 83-game season with 60h teams, five teams playing in Texas, two in New York. What was the point of doing an old conversation where I had no clue? It's fun to speculate. I get it. Right. And we can have a fun back and forth and try and make predictions on it. But realistically, I just don't think from a fantasy baseball perspective I'm going to be helping anybody doing Plus deep money. dives into players yep. that I've already done for months <laughs> here on so sports crazy. grid at stadiums at spring training games with team previews yep. and I love baseball I just don't want to do it every single day over and over again on the same players I'd rather talk talk about other topics fun topics and yep. if NASCAR is the topic Joe then um then that's where I'll be we, on another subject we got it. I love it <laughs> On another subject, the uh, the Andy Dalton era finally comes to an end in Cincinnati. Should not come as a big surprise. He thanks uh, he calls Joe Burrow after he gets drafted, and then naturally a week later he's no longer a, a part of the Bengals. I think that he had a solid, if not unspectacular, career. He you know kind of went out not on the best note of all, but what I can't understand right now is how people are gravitating to the fact that he could end up with New England right? and how New England is essentially the favorite. Like they're telling you he's going to the Patriots, Joe. And uh, quite frankly, when I look at it, I mean, I like a lot of the other options. I like a lot of the other possibilities on FanDuel. I don't understand this whole thing with New England. Stidham is your guy. You want him looking over your shoulder?
2: I don't understand it. Yeah, I mean, look at this right now. Patriots minus 135. Jags plus 150. I'm I'm at a loss for words. I really am. I don't don't understand what it is. And this is FanDuel, by the way? Yeah, it's FanDuel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I can tell you where my money's not going. (laughs) Yeah, I got to tell you, Craig, I, I don't understand why they waited this long necessarily, uh, to go ahead and, uh, and just figure that they would cut ties with, uh, with the red rifle there. I, I understand why they're doing it. I also understand that I am sure, uh, Andy Dalton, along with Cam Newton, feel that they should be starters in this league. And I don't blame him for that, but, uh, at some particular point, they got to start fresh. You kind of had a feeling this was coming, but I don't get the whole New England Patriot thing either because if it's me, you got to figure that Cincinnati had control of him for one more year. Did they not try to trade him? or I mean, or was, you know, New England could have picked him up at any particular point prior to draft, right? It's not like they went after a quarterback in the draft. He's kind of in no man's land. He's a guy I think can play for another seven, eight years as a backup if he wanted to. No problem, you know, but... I think him and Cam got to get to that realization that maybe the best that's going to be out there for him is hanging out with a team where you're a solid backup and you collect a paycheck from here on out.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't get the New England thing. But, yeah. you know, at the very least, let, let's do this. Let's take a look again mm-hmm. at uh, at Andy Dalton's odds, uh, according to FanDuel, as where he could potentially end up. And as you can see there, I mean... I mean this isn't even close. Like this isn't even a minus 110 or a, or a minus 105. Like yes. you know whatever, you know whatever I look at futures or I look at anything like that, you know, minus 110, minus 115 is pretty much your standard odds. You get to minus 120, it's like, all right, if I feel really strong about this, you start pushing minus 130s and minus 140s. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed to know that this is the expected outcome and it I mean literally basically is pointing you in every direction. I'm also surprised that FanDuel only had five choices posted. Yep, and the Jaguars were plus one hundred and fifty, Pittsburgh plus six hundred and fifty, the Raiders were are thirty to one, and the Redskins are thirty one. I, I got to tell you, I, I think there's a chance that he ends up on none of these places. I do. I think that look. I mean, this is only five teams, and Joe, I mean, twenty five teams could use a better backup than yep. Andy Dalton here. So. Vandal also, by the way, interestingly enough, didn't have a, any other team bet where a lot of times you can throw, you could look and see like option six, you don't see it there, but option six would hypothetically be any other squad 35 to one or any other team, maybe less odds, 15 to one, 20 to one, but they're just basically telling us essentially that it's Patriots or nothing. So I find it, I I mean, I guess that's the way it's going to be, but I don't understand it. I I don't get it. And if Stidham isn't good, right if he isn't good then dalton's your answer like that's your answer for for 2020 you're only winning eight games that way anyway so i i don't know what's the
2: difference between him and hoyer i mean right and hoyer's been there longer and knows the system better I am shocked that Jags at plus 150 are not minus money given the fact that the they should be the of, favorite with Gruden and obviously his history with Jay Gruden hadn't been the offensive coordinator in Cincinnati with uh Dalton so totally agree I that to me I see but the numbers you're showing here man are just that's ridiculous and the Steelers listen I think he'd be a good fit for the Steelers backing up Big Ben with his history obviously in the AFC North but Again, why wouldn't they have gone out and tried to do this earlier? I I don't, It' mind-blowing to me. It really is.
1: Yeah, no, they could have definitely accomplished Mm this last year if they wanted to do that. But what I would say is this, I mean, the Jaguars at this point with Gardner Minshew, I mean, they don't have to feel bad about Gardner Minshew's starting job and the fact that there's somebody threatening him. After all, they did bench him last year and they brought in Nick Foles, okay? Um, By the way, they, they also paid Nick Foles a lot of money. Yes. So it makes the most sense. And the Jaguars, by the way, with Minshew could very easily start Owen seven or Owen eight next year. Like it very well could be that. And to enforce that tank, they may go to Andy Dalton. Like, I mean, that's you know, remember the Bengals went back to Andy Dalton chasing Owen sixteen. That's correct. So I think that the wrong. I think that Fanduel's got it wrong. I'm sorry, Fanduel. Yeah. I think I would. I would flip it around. I would make New England even money. I'd make Jacksonville even money. And and that's and that's the way. And I would throw some other teams in there. Some. Um, well, actually, if I was if I'm the book, I probably don't throw other teams in there because I don't. I don't believe he. i, I probably by the time that we do our next show, he's on New England. It's all a moot point. I'd be shocked. But yeah,
2: I would be I'm shocked.
1: Just, yeah. I- um, how about this one, CD Lamb? Mm-hmm. New member of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. We talk so much about numbers and jerseys. I feel like we've been on that a lot lately. You know, we probably next week should do something uh, like mm-hmm. most iconic jersey numbers of all time. Maybe. Uh, CD Lamb says, give me number 10. Jerry Jones says, take number 88. Huh? Oh. Wait a second. 10. I mean, has anybody worn 10 for Dallas? Uh, not to my knowledge. Not that it's a big number in their history. Right. So it's the opposite here. Now, Jerry Jones is saying, I want you to have Michael Irvin's number because we want you to follow in the footsteps of Michael Irvin. I Sometimes, Joe, I don't get it. We do all these shows about not taking guys' numbers. Now, here's a team that wants them to take his number.
2: It's what happens when you got all that money, all that power. It's uh, – you start – you start losing it a little bit, Jerry. Start you, that filter is getting a little bit less and less as the uh, as the days go on. Here, the guy wants 10, and you want him to live in the shadow of Michael Irving. Like I, 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 I don't get it, because that's fair to C.D. Lamb. Like, what are you doing, Jerry? What are you doing? The kid should not have to live in the shadow of Michael Irving, who hasn't been relevant in in 20 years. Like. Stop, Jerry, stop, like, please, like somebody, oh. Stephen, stop him, like, stop him, please.
1: The, uh, the NBA says that there's a chance they can play all their games in Disney World, Joe. This that's is the, the other sense. story that's a little bit. Yep. So, I mean, I guess Vegas is... I know that's the option you wanted. I guess that Orlando is the better option here. I don't know. But either way, it does seem like if the NBA is going to get that season fixed, they're going to have to start a playoff and put everybody here in the same place, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. And it's set up. You know that Orlando and Disney are set up for quarantine like that. So it's uh, it works. And when Bob Iger presents a plan to Adam Silver and says, Here's what we got in mind for you. Um, yeah, not a Bob Iger, not not you know, not like the the guy underneath him anyway. But like when Bob Iger calls a meeting with Adam Silver and says, "Here's what we're thinking." Yeah, that's that's probably a good option for them.
1: All right, we're just getting started here on fantasy sports <laughs> today on Sports Grid. Coming up next, this day in fantasy sports history, May the first. We'll cover that next right here on FSC. Joe Ranieri and Craig Mish. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. Welcome back to fantasy sports today. Craig Mitchell, along with Joe Roderi. We have turned the clock. It is May 1st, 2020, but that doesn't mean that we are leaving the non-sports month in the dust. Now, in general, Joe, the month of May follows a really good month of April. Mm. Hypothetically speaking, here's what we missed. We missed the college basketball Final Four. We missed the national championship, right? Those things are out of the window. We missed Major League Baseball opening day. Three. Um, we also missed the Masters. Four. Uh, am I missing? Am I missing anything now? We we've missed some of the the beginning of the NBA playoffs, right? Five. The NHL playoffs. Six.
2: <clears throat> Kentucky Derby.
1: No, we well, no we we haven't te- technically missed the Kentucky Derby yet. Monday we'll have missed the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> yes,
2: that's 12, not 12, there yes. yet. Yes. You're right. You're I'm right. hoping
1: got hope that yeah. in two days they'll run the yeah. Kentucky Derby.
2: Yes, that's not
1: going to happen. We should, well, maybe they shouldn't have canceled the Kentucky Derby. Think about that.
2: Well, September 5th is when it's going to be. So right, yeah, but if yeah, they well, still
1: can't have any fans. I am with you. I'm with you.
2: Yep. And the Arkansas Derby now is is the only game in town here tomorrow.
1: So, very you interesting. Got a you got a horse for me there? No?
2: I do, as a matter of fact. We'll have any. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. We got, a, we got a couple of horses in that uh, race that we will uh, share with you. So, it's... Okay. Uh, We'll do that for our Saturday episode here. Uh, we'll go All ahead
1: right. and do that in the morning. No, we'll knock it out. hmm All right. We'll preview that. Love it. Okay, so now here we go. Uh, things that happened on May 1st in the past. We'll start off with Ooh. the NFL draft. Okay. And uh, Irving Fryer was the first overall pick back in 1984. Wow. Uh, by the New England Patriots. And who would have thought a wide receiver going first? Number one overall. I guess if you could do it all over again, Randy Moss would have went first, but yes. Teams will okay. usually take wide receivers number one, right? Yeah. Keyshawn? No, they don't. Is he, another, is he another one? Keyshawn was one. Yeah, ah, that's a good yeah. call. Yeah, that's one. Right. one.
2: Yep. Yeah, that's what the Jets did with their uh, first pick. That's
1: good. Yeah, it yeah, worked stuff. that well. But yeah, yeah. Irving Fryer was good. Like, it wasn't a superstar, but great Didn't college hit- career. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, was, I mean if I'm not mistaken, the Patriots in nineteen eighty five got to the Super Bowl with Irving fryer That's correct. They didn't win. They got crushed. Yeah, but, I mean he wasn't um you he know
2: he was good. Right. He wasn't Randy Moss kind of uh, you yeah, know, over there, dead. but he was good, exactly.
1: Yeah, yep. he was good with New England, he was mm-hmm. uh good with Miami. Given the and era he, he played, played in, in. in yes. Yep. Yeah, yep. It's okay. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Nothing crazy. Nope. 1991 on may 1st ricky henderson steals his 993rd stolen base which breaks the record previously held by lou brock mm-hmm. and a record like we talked about that eh, it's not completely out of the realm that some guy comes up through the minors and starts stealing 100 bases again but it seems unlikely that anybody will ever break ricky henderson's record he has over a thousand
2: yeah that's not gonna happen
1: ever not in this
2: yeah no more but those days are long gone uh the opportunities of that happening nope how are you right.
1: doing in your fantasy league, by the way? I haven't
2: even asked you. How are you not, doing? Yeah, I got to double check. I got to check in on the uh, on the scores, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I have not, uh, not, not done that. Yes, yes. I got to double check. That's a good question, because I know uh, I didn't. You had the 80s, though. I had the I had the early 2000s. Are you really? Yeah, that's good. To yeah. Say. All right, good. You had Ricky, you didn't you?
1: No, Reigns.
2: Oh, Reigns. That's right. Okay, you had Reigns. Oh, yeah, yeah and
1: go in. both know. of them are good. Schmidt is good. Mattingly is good. I have a good team. I'm, yeah, I'm like I'm gonna make them and, like get to the playoffs or whatever. And then we'll see what happens.
2: So. Yep, that was quality.
1: All right. Also in 1991, Nolan Ryan. There is the picture of him with the Texas Rangers. Nolan Ryan somehow threw seven no hitters, and on this particular one, May 1st, 1991, while Joe and I are sitting behind cameras here, at 46 47 48 years old i know right in his mid 40s throwing no hitters oldest yeah. pitcher ever to throw a no hitter and it was his seventh and this and he was like the scariest guy to have to face because you just knew he was going to throw 95 and if he got cute he'd hit you
2: yep pretty much and that was i remember there, that particular uh, moment so i was in uh i was in high school i was playing then and um when he had done that and he was at that particular point like the old man but everybody everybody oh, wanted to be nolan ryan uh you know around that time man because nobody you know that high leg kick and then he'd go hang out on the bike eating sunflower seeds for like two hours after the game and it was like be more like nolan ryan I was <laughs> like yeah okay sure good luck yeah.
1: <laughs> things that i subtracted, like like guys pitching longer in games like i get that i mm-hmm. get what he's saying it's just i throw 100 now not right. 90 and he was the yep. only one yeah okay uh may 1st 2004 my wife me a bunch of friends we went to gulfstream and we bet on the kentucky derby we hit the trifecta smarty jones won it was the only time i've ever won a lot of money on a horse race in my life this was it really two thousand four. yeah won a lot of money on this because i remember I think the two horse or the three horse in this race, I'd have to go back and look, was like 75 to one or something crazy. And that's why the trifecta paid off. And we took we took those people to dinner right wow. after the race. It was, it, was, it was, I mean, I don't, was it, did we win a, we won thousands. Like, I, I don't remember how much, but it was a lot. In fact, we had to go up and, you know, do the whole thing where you mm. sign the, the form get the, uh, to get the money back or whatever, to have the taxes taken out of they recommended we split it up so they did one and then we did one or whatever. But that was it, Joe. My my racing, my horse race betting career is on Smarty Jones. I don't know how or why, but that's the only time that I've ever gone to the track and hit it really big. That's
2: yep. it. Smarty Jones also, that was um, the beginning of that epic run there. Began in the Arkansas Derby, which is happening uh, tomorrow there. Won the Arkansas Derby that year and then went on to just... Um, just beat everybody and nobody gave him any credit. And by the way, he's still nineteen years old, still out in the farm uh laying seed shall we say. So he's uh good he's going strong, good old Smarty. I did hear that. Yeah. I can tell you <laughs> I thought you'd feel better knowing that. That's <laughs> Yeah.
1: May first, 2004 the Florida Marlins playing against the San Francisco Giants. Barry Bonds comes up to the plate. And uh has four at bats, he walks four times they intentionally walk them. That's a baseball record, it's never ever happened before and it will never happen again. Four intentional walks, Joe. Yeah. Like I why people used to bring those fake chickens out in San Francisco.
2: Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> yeah.
1: I, mean, I, I get I get, I get like, walk a guy once and I and, and I don't book show walk or walk bonds, but the bases loaded once too. Like I, I get all that. But four times in one game? Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And it's it's like, like come on. Like Yeah. Like, come on, back. Like, please. But listen, at that time, it, it was either that or you, you were almost to the point where it was like, listen, if it, he's one run, you know what I mean? Like, it, I think he even walked, um I think they walked him once with the bases loaded too, or something along those lines. It's like, he can't hurt us if he's on. We'll take our chances with whoever's up behind him. And at that time, oh four. Man, it was – it just – Bonds was on a whole different streak and a different world at that era. Think about that, where you would rather walk him four times than ever pitch to him, whether guys were on or not.
1: Yeah, I – I'm sure Walter, as I said, walked him with the bases
2: loaded. Loaded, yeah. Nobody's ever – and I'm shocked it didn't happen prior to that, actually. You would have thought – Well, they they were –
1: the game you know so it made sense
2: right like maybe babe ruth or b- somewhere back in the day like vicky Mantle, you could see something happening uh, like that but nope that Barry it's all right it's crazy all
1: right so that's what happened on this day in fantasy sports how about birthdays on may 1st we've got an all-timer for joe here curtis Ooh. martin yes for 1973 do you consider curtis martin one of the best jets of all time i know he split time with new england as well
2: I I do. Yeah. Um and I I consider him one of the uh, uh, one of the all-time great running backs too of uh, of all time too. Uh, a uh, yeah, a pros pro if you will Curtis Martin, man. Did it the right way, played uh, played the game long time and he did it. Uh, I think he's still top 10 if I'm not rushing, I believe I think he's a top 10 running back uh of all time. So, uh like uh, Curtis, Big Bill Parcells guy he was.
1: Yeah, very nice guy yep. very very nice he educated south very, florida right, yeah. really really nice guy yep all right speaking of horse racing wes welker never afraid to get down on a race we've seen that happen before at the uh, kentucky derby wes welker born in 1981 from texas tech drafted by the miami dolphins has a okay first year has a pretty good second year and Miami says, ah, you know what? Send us a second-round pick, New England. We'll go ahead and we'll send you this Welker guy. Good wow. luck. Wow. why yeah. coming through for the Patriots. Some people feel like Wes Welker didn't come through for the Patriots in the biggest moments. I don't get that one at all. I thought he had a great career with them. Yeah. And now opinion. a coach in the NFL and really set the mold for receivers in the NFL that just kind of take five steps, Joe, and run over the middle. You yeah. Know, like Hunter Renfro. I think he was watching what he was.
2: Ready to play. took up, a up, lot up. of hits in his day though good old Wells. a lot of hits came uh came down that way for him so i'm uh, glad to see though he's still uh he's still cruising making some money there man. good for you wes
1: yeah so you may be asking yourself why scooter gannett in the uh in the birthdays today and i get it i understand it but it gives us a nice little segue and a pivot to discuss uh, a whole other topic Ooh. on the show today which of course is uh basically free agents in major league baseball now before we get to that understand this right now major league baseball has a moratorium on signing players and so even though you've read the reports or you've heard about the reports even on this show about one of the international reporters uh, saying that Yasil Puig was going to sign with the Giants he can't do it and the reason why is because as part of the you know amendment to the collective yeah. bargaining agreement until they have a new agreement as to how they're going to play and where they're going to play and all that all free agents still have to stay unsigned now i basically what i've done is try to compile a list of what i think would be fantasy relevant free agents okay that didn't sign with anyone also keep in mind that you may have a different opinion than me there are a lot of players that are still not signed it is not nearly what it was last year or the year before where we were simply waiting into the regular season to see where some of these guys were going to end up everyone remembers when lance lynn signed late and greg holland signed late right. last year bryce harper and manny machado didn't st- sign until spring training started right uh, this year it was a lot smoother and essentially the only really big name that is still out there joe is Yasil puig but even at this stage of puig's career having just a war of one last year <laughs> there aren't. There weren't really a lot of people clamoring for him, and he turned down a pretty significant amount of money to go to Miami, and yep. he could have been getting paid right now. I mean, yep. if he would have taken the, the gig with Miami, he cost himself probably, I would say, a million or two million dollars just by not signing a contract. But uh, he is the top guy that I think is out there, and whether or not he signs, I still have no clue, but right. we'll see in a couple weeks. Melky Cabrera is another name that always seems to find himself on a one-year deal with someone, <laughs> and he always seems to produce two. Yeah. So my guess is that some team will take a shot on him. Scooter Gannett had one really big year, and, yeah. and no one really knew where it came out of him. In fact, I think he had two different games three years ago where he hit thirty home, with three yeah. home runs in one yeah. game twice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Russell Martin is a longtime veteran who still can play a little bit at catcher and maybe play some third base. Rodas Viscaino was a pretty good closer for yes. the Braves and yep. he had shoulder surgery and no one signed him I remember wondering if the Marlins were going to sign him but I was told that at the time that he wouldn't be ready for two months and so right. here we are <laughs> yeah. he'd be ready now right. so maybe there's a chance that he could pitch and then Ben Zobris who won a World Series championship with the Cubs and was a really good player with Tampa Bay of course has had some personal issues going right. through a divorce and said he wanted to spend time with his kids and he see, he kind of said he was retired but I would still leave that door open a little bit. Uh, for him but you know part of the issue joe with some of these guys also is that they uh there's no minor league contracts now because there may not be a minor league season so it's not like you could just take one of these guys and park them in triple a and have them play for a month and see what they got and then call them up to the big leagues at the very best case scenario what would happen is these players would sign and they would have to be put immediately on the big league roster so this is kind of the short list of players that i came up
2: with and, and i'm wondering it's a, and it's an interesting list because i i were you shocked that Yassiel wasn't kept by cleveland i mean did you were you did you think for the trade made sense at the time last year but he has a defensive liability is he not i mean is as good as his bat is yeah
1: great he used to be great but yeah
2: but now it's like uh you know Melky cabrera like you said same situation there where a guy that for some reason finds himself on the roster but this list you got here, you're looking at a whole lot of guys that, man, you spend a year away from the game, theoretically, if they don't come back and play. Is there another option for them? It, it, could they go overseas? Could they uh, – or are most of these guys I – mean, too late for that. Those seasons yeah. are starting.
1: So they're screwed one way or another. They got nowhere to go Pretty here. Yeah. No independent ball either. Nothing. Like that's, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, I would not say that, like, an injured player made a mistake not signing because right. – Right. They didn't know what his situation would be, but Puig, of course, made a mistake because no matter what he even signs for, it's going to be a severely prorated deal, right? For yes. 2020, and then he's playing on a show me deal, essentially what they call it now in baseball is this pillow deal. And Yasiel Puig essentially has probably a hundred games to show that he can still bring it every day. That's and if crazy. he doesn't, you think anyone's going to sign him the following year? Yeah. Well, why didn't he,
2: I mean you got to ask yourself this list here why. Why didn't anybody sign him prior to March? You know what I mean? Why didn't anybody tried. Sign He tried. didn't yeah. want to sign. And Which is mind-blowing to me. Well, they, well, he didn't you know, want it. He wanted a lot of
1: money. Yeah. He didn't want the right spot. It's just, look, he's a, listen, I give him a lot of credit for all the philanthropic work he's done. And right. He's really been out front of helping people uh, get food and get gear in Florida and in California. He, he, look, he's a, he has that Wild Horse Foundation. Right. He is definitely a really good guy yes. uh, when it comes to that. But when it comes to the baseball stuff, you know what you're getting and you don't know what you're getting. getting And that's kind of the dynamic with Pui for sure. All right, uh, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. We'll be back with plenty more, including Gray Albright. we will come uh, join us in about an hour from now. So stay tuned. This is FST right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri, Craig Mish, here with you. We got you every day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern right here on Fantasy Sports Today. And we'll be right back after this.
2: Unlike Yasiel Puig. Yes. I said it first. get How to get my weight up. to get my out here my up. the like a that cash. We
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice, we play every day
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Ranieri. A little bit later in the show, Gray Albright of Razzball is going to come on the show. And it seems like there is at least this heated debate somewhat about whether or not in terms of fantasy baseball, people should be redrafting their leagues or they should just basically keep the team that they took. And I I think that there's a lot of very solid opinions pro and against it. Um, Joe, I'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. I've made my point pretty much known that I think that those drafts are all ruined. And I and, and the reason why I say that is because I'm predicting the wackiness of what the season is going to be. If I found out the season was 100 games, just played in the regular places, no changes in the DH, no changes in the roster, I would say, yeah, yeah you're probably right. But I don't think any of those things are going to happen. Right. So that's why I'm going to recommend it now. And hopefully I'll be right in two weeks from now. I, I think, Joe, today's May 1st. I think that, what would you say in two weeks we'll have the answer on baseball right can't go much longer than that
2: it can't go any further you know that
1: and i know that if, if they're
2: going to get 100 games in the the clock is ticking three weeks of spring training and then you got to get everyone to the destination and yeah. prepped. we're running out of time
1: yeah. so no. may, may 14th may 15th they make they make the decision june everyone is in their spring training facilities again Last week in June, first week of the baseball season, maybe first week in July. I mean, it's, it's coming. It's coming very soon. Yeah. So yep. it will be an exciting day for us to be able to talk about baseball again. But uh, before we get back to sports here, now that the month is over mm-hmm. and I know that we are looking ahead to better things, I'm just kind of wondering, Joe, for me, and I'll just kind of start off with this, is that my daily routine has essentially been the same. Now, for those of you who have been watching uh, our shows, uh, Joe and I at different times will do the show live, essentially live to tape, or we'll record the show, however it is. And usually what we have chosen to do is try to get as much information as we possibly can so you guys get the most information for your shows as well. But essentially, Joe, my day is the same. Uh, My kids, I wake up with my kids, they log on to their virtual learning, my daughter does her work. My son you know, wants to fight through his work. You know, he does some of it and then wants to stop. You know, it's, it's, it's just different for younger kids. Yeah. Uh, there's breakfast. There's lunch. We try every single day to do some form of exercise. Usually it's just in the backyard throwing around. In the early part of this, we were able to go to our tennis court, which was in the community, and there's a basketball court there and just kind of play. Of course, they shut that down too right after a week. And then more or less uh, it's just my wife cooking dinner. we sit around we talk there's not you know what, how, how was your day? Well I know how your day was. we I, I saw you all day. and um, and then it's like binging some television shows essentially. and I and I feel like the large majority of the country is is you know going through the same thing. For me personally, mm-hmm. the only things that I've done outside of my own house like outside of my own community I live in a community is I've gone food shopping. A total of three times in the past month and a half, three times I've gone out and gone food shopping, and then I've gone to uh, a place to get like chick, like just meat, like chicken and fish and steak to put in the freezer. So a total of four times that I've actually been out and been to somewhere else. Uh, Today, uh, today, yesterday was the fifth. Right. Uh, My wife had a doctor's appointment, so actually, you know, went south for the first time in a month and a half. But I got to tell you. It is sort of like riding a bike once things start to get back to normal, but it's an eerie feeling if, and I think it's going to be an eerie feeling for a lot of people who haven't left their house in a long right. period of time as the country starts to open up a little bit more. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's um, I I'm shocked. Cause it, you know, usually I'll leave early in the morning and I get here and by the time I'm, I'm leaving the studios, it's about nine o'clock at night. So uh, it, it kind of feels there's not a lot of, not a lot going on first thing in the morning and there's not a lot going on. Uh, in during at night when I'm heading home. But then all of a sudden, you know, I got to bug out, you know, one thing and and run around to whatever. And then I'm looking outside and the amount of people that were on the streets, though, is like, wow, there's a lot of people out. Uh, Way more than what you would think it is either at night. I mean, did you notice were you did you expect the amount of cars and amount of traffic that you saw out when you went out?
1: There's more today. Right. uh, And yesterday than there was two weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. But that, I think that that's natural. How I mean, Look, you're asking people, and, and, and look, I would have yeah. to guess that a small percentage of the people that I'm seeing are just taking a ride in their car too. Yeah, like they just can't stay home and they want to, and they want to go out a little bit. But how are I, I think so Are you seeing a lot of people with masks? Not really. Oh, Not yeah, really. In, in, tall... Inside places, every single place I've gone inside, I've seen them. Good. And yeah. I would say today out of every 10 people that I saw just randomly, I'd say like six had masks. Okay. Yeah.
2: That to me is the thing that's a really, po- the how prevalent and how, you know, we, we were so, people did like, I ain't wearing a mask now. Like I go into places and it's it's like automatic. It's part of their, it's like wearing yeah. pants now, which is, it's amazing how much we fight. And then like two weeks in, we're like, all right, we're good, like, all right. Everyone's got it, I'm good. Now, now we got people decorating them and everything else along those lines. Right. So I always find how much we fight change on any level. And then once we commit to that change, we're like, yeah, it's all right. What the hell was I worried about? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I think that for I, I think that for me, and, and again, it's very small as compared to what everybody else is going through, and right. you know, certainly. Oh yeah. To keep people safe from from harm, I'll do this for months if I have to. I mean, that's right. fine. But I think for me, it isn't so much because, like you, like you do your show from a studio. You know where I live. I do a show from my house. Right. Okay. My. Studio- my house it's right. we built another studio in out of my garage we took we took the garage away built the studio so i'm always kind of home and in the past when i've done radio shows too they've also been from my house and we're going on about six or seven years from me working from home i used to go to a studio uh just like you to do radio and do right. television yep and so the difference for me is and what i'll look back on and and hopefully this won't be like this in may like it was in april is years well the ability just to have the opportunity to go somewhere right not that i care to or i had to but for me it's like if just one day wake up go to the go to a baseball game one day go to the record store um you know maybe go get a good meal you know like just just the the things that i i I don't miss them i miss the chance to do them like i miss like i just can't because i want to and um and, you know having kids like that's the hard part of it too is that i have other people that i have to speak for right so that that's the bizarre part of this is that i used to do a show and then when i'm done with the show i used to pick up my kids from school but it wasn't even about that it was just like i'd go early to go right. get a bite to eat or just you know go to you know best buy or just look around so I'm, and not having that and just knowing that i'm going from one room to the next for the last month that's what really hit me yeah I think.
2: yeah it's um and how long does it feel for you honestly? How long do you feel like you've been in this routine now? Right? A, month. Uh, a month. It doesn't feel it feels like, all right, it hasn't felt longer for you like you feel like you've been
1: yeah, a about a month. All right. I, so I saw somebody say it's been it's been almost 60 days, but yeah. I don't feel like it.
2: Yeah, second week it, in March, so it's it, crazy. It, it
1: feels like it feels like a month, it does. It was the first two or three weeks were really difficult. Right. For me. And then it, it got uh I, what what I had to do is I had to, uh, not routine things, but things like that I had to go back to that I haven't in a while. Like we cleaned up some of the house. I went through drawers I hadn't gone through in a long time. I found old media passes, Mm -hmm. uh, pictures, uh, baseball cards, autographs, like things that I just haven't seen in a long time. And so I made it after a couple of weeks of not doing any of that and just trying to be like, oh, okay, like this is just the new normal. I think that that was a mistake. I think yeah. that immediately what I probably should have done is recognize, hey, this is probably going to happen. I was in denial. Like, oh, this will probably be a couple yep. weeks. And and so I thought it would be over. And then I found myself in, like, just a bad routine yep. of just, Amazing. you know, w- watching TV a lot about this, seeing when it was going to be over, watching these press conferences every day. And it was it was like the light just turned on for me, I would say, probably two weeks ago, maybe three. Where I was just like, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I do my part to not harm anyone. Right. And if something important happens, I'll find out on Twitter. But I am not going to consume myself with every single second of every single day checking yeah. charts, checking how many people are are infected or passing away. And I just stopped. Yep. Just completely stopped and tried to, you know, find different things. And yep. uh, It That's got me. It's a cycle.
2: It really is. Yeah, it's a cycle. And you're not alone. And, uh, you know, those that are, you know, find themselves where because of no fault of their own that they are home now and uh, all of a sudden their job isn't there anymore or it's been eliminated. And now they're going. You know, it's even harder for them to get into a routine because there's really what's the choice? Like either I sit on social media all day and I watch the news and I do and I get so engulfed with this ridiculousness. Like there's no it's hard, man. It, it really. Most people don't like to work from home. You know, this, right? Most people like the ability to go someplace and have home home. I go out to work. I come home and home is home. It's not an easy thing to work from home and then to be stuck there is even even harder to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, yep. and again, I don't need, I don't need to be out hours a day. Right. I mean exactly. I've I mean, to the last five years doing this, mm-hmm. but the fact that I can't hit that button on the garage door, get in the car, and just for twenty minutes, just, yep, can't even do it. Yeah, yep. can't even yep. do it. So, yep. yeah, just picking up on old hobbies has kind of been it. Um, I stopped, stopped watching as much TV as I was watching probably mm-hmm. from the time, the period of time that we were done with the show. Right. Until the night. And the, I've been good about exercising. I've done that. I think almost every every day, almost every day of, of this. I, it, we have lucky we have a treadmill in our house. So I've yeah. been on that every day because I know that we're on TV.
2: Yeah. So you're trying. Uh, you're that. making the effort, man, which is all you can do at this particular point. I mean, I think it's all fair to say that, listen, at some point, this isn't going to last six months, seven months where, you know, it's uh, you're we're going to be confined to, uh, you know, lockdowns and those types of things. I I don't see that. I do think that May is certainly going to open up a lot of doors. A lot of people are going to go back out. They're going to adopt to the new normal that uh, that society will uh, will push out. And eventually this, too, will become habit and routine like uh, like six months ago, you the same kind of routine you were in, it's uh, we will adapt and you know, for as much as we fight it, and we all hate change, guys, we all do, uh, we will adapt and uh, we'll kick and scream the entire way, but we'll get there.
1: Yeah, what was funny yesterday was after we went to uh, the doctor's appointment, Mm-hmm. I made like just a funny joke about, hey, maybe I'll just go down to Miami and get a slice of pizza.
2: Yeah, to wind
1: <laughs> And for the first time, my wife was like, you know, it's probably okay. <laughs> like, it took like 60 days for her to say that. You know? I love it. Like, I, like 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 the first two weeks like, are you nuts you're not going to do that well you can't do that you know you know what you're going to bring in and it's going to be bad or whatever and now it's like well you know maybe it's i'm like okay we're making progress
2: here a way to go we i'd you know what you throw it out there you see what sticks and then right. boom, it's amazing how how our uh, our routines and our tolerance uh, for some things now you know what was a terrible idea two months ago was like you know what it's, it could be you want to go to South Beach? You want to yeah, hop in the car? That's doors? a little uh, yeah.
1: That, that's that's probably above and beyond the border yeah. of, of yeah. where I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that's <laughs> that's disappointing. I know they opened up our state, Florida. Yeah. I, don't, I don't understand what's going on in California. California, I guess they were allowed to go to the beaches till this point, and now they're not. How did that happen? Here yeah. in Florida, yeah, I don't get that one. So in Florida, they've opened up like half the state, but where you live and where I live, we're still not allowed right uh really or not supposed to be uh, out and doing things but I I think that having the beach available for us if they're able to not yet I understand still need a little bit more time a week or two maybe a month but when the beach is available because I live so close to the beach um that's going to be a little bit of a game changer it's just having something else to do you know I think that's that's part of it because yeah, I mean, The Last Dance is great, Joe, but it's once a week, man. Right, you know? I'm
2: with you. And you already watched, uh, you know, you've already watched Ozark, so you don't know what you can't go back and do that again. So you got to find your. And, new- and,
1: and that's why I stopped binging, is because yep. it's because I'm like, okay, if I start something now, you know, I'm going to want to finish it, right? That's correct. Absolutely. So, I'm not, so if I get involved in the show now, I'm going to be like, well, I can watch it all the time. And
2: yep. It's just a. Trying to find- uh, it's tough and, and you know so far we haven't had that problem uh, down in south florida but you know california people were they were just so sick and tired of being inside that and it's interesting because here in florida most of the people that go to the beaches around this time of year are not locals they're not homegrown they're usually folks from someplace else and you know and california just flooded the beaches over the last week so that kind of forced them to go Um, All right, now we're going to shut down the beaches, which nobody's, they're not arresting people. They're just, they're hoping that people will be smarter and just say, all right, let's not go more than groups of 10. Let's keep our distance. And the beach is a wonderful place to keep your distance anyway. So let's not be crazy about it. But uh, they didn't, them Californians, they were a little bent out of shape about being cooped up. So they ran to the beach. And for us in the summer, most people who live in Florida year round, we don't run we don't to the beach there. when it's 95, yeah. <laughs> so we don't go yeah. to the beach much anyway. So it's it'll be interesting to see what they look like come in July.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's very funny because yeah. I always wonder, yeah, and, and a lot of times from Latin America, too, they come in the summer here. And, yes, um, uh, yeah. You know, I live, I live like, so close to it that— Tourism. You know, it, it's, it's just so funny how it, it yep. works.
2: Canadians, I mean, we get uh, you get them all the uh, the amount of influx of tourists. Yep,
1: all right, that'll do it for our first hour of fantasy sports today. For those of you who are watching on demand on YouTube, hopefully, you have us subscribed, and this way, you'll get our next hour right in your playlist. And from an audio perspective, same thing, uh, over on iTunes. If you are watching us live, whether it's on Pluto TV, Zumo TV, Stir, or even on sportsgrid.com. Coming up in hour number two, we'll take our stadium tour. We'll check in with a place that Joe knows very well. So stay tuned for that. Perhaps an alumni of our stadium tour. We're gonna handle that today as well. Uh, Gray Albright will also join us from razzball.com as Gray has some pretty strong opinions on as to whether or not you should be redrafting the fantasy baseball league that you already drafted, maybe in February or early March. All of that is to come coming up next, right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Joe Raneri, Craig Mish, this is Sports Grid, and we're back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go anywhere.
0: DailyRoto.com